Happy New Year, and welcome to episode 345 of the Biz Talk with the Wichita Business Journal podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm editor Kirk Semenoff. Wichita City Manager Bob Layton joins me on this week's podcast. The city welcomes in a new mayor on Monday, and I thought it would be interesting to get the perspective of someone who will start working with his fourth mayor in 15 years. I'll ask Bob about what happens when welcoming a new mayor to City Hall, how a relationship develops between mayor and city manager, and get his thoughts on what's ahead for a new council. Bob Layton joins me in just a minute. But first, here's a look at what's in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Our cover story this week is a business playbook for 2024. See where Wichita stands compared to Midwestern peer cities in employment, earnings, and affordability, and get tips on what to watch out for as a business owner in 2024. Our business playbook begins on page eight. Our list this week is our annual look at Coke Industries companies. We're doing more this year in terms of research of subsidiaries, and we'll show you what we found both in print and online. Our Coke Industries Companies list is on page six, and be sure to go to wichitabusinessjournal.com to see the full list of Coke companies. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 13. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. It's great to have Wichita City Manager Bob Layton on this week's podcast. Happy New Year, Bob. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kirk. Same to you. Uh, when I emailed you before Christmas about being our guest, I had the idea of getting the city manager's perspective of what it's like when a new mayor takes office. And, you know, that's in terms of showing that, that person the ropes the relationship between manager and a mayor and a bunch of stuff in between. And I was surprised that you you said, you replied that you hadn't been asked that question before. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether that makes it a great question or a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes it a great question. Good, uh, good. This ought to be a good conversation. It's an important part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's, let's start there. Talk in general terms about the relationship between a manager and a mayor and the, and the council manager system of government. Uh, you're in essence in charge of a company with 3,500 employees, but the mayor is kind of the, the chairman of the board uh, and, and one of your seven bosses. How does that relationship work? Right. Well, it's, you know, it's all about communication and it's about understanding. And the, I think the, the relationship when it's working at its best, uh, the mayor is clear in the direction that uh, he or she wants to take the community. Uh, there's a council buy-in to that. And then it's up to the staff to come up with uh, the, um, the implementation strategy, right, and to, and to get it done. That's the classic way the system works. But uh, the more vision there is, the more direction in terms of uh, uh, general uh, goals and objectives and, and what success looks like, the more we can define that, the easier it is for us to come alongside the elected officials and, and make them successful, especially the mayor. You know, we, we see you on, on YouTube and we see the mayor at, at city council meetings and we don't see you all 
the 99 other percent of the week. Right. Uh, how close can or does a relationship between a manager and a mayor get? It can get pretty close. Um, I have a scheduled, I actually have two scheduled meetings with the mayor every week. Mm -hmm. And then uh, depending on what issues are developing, I could maybe meet uh, on a daily basis or have discussions on a daily basis with the mayor. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about the new, the process of breaking in, and I use quote, you know, air quotes with that, breaking in a mayor and, uh, you know, tell me what happens once the general election is certified. they party. And then <laughs> after that, uh, I'll reach out to the uh, mayor and the other uh, council members that have been elected mm-hmm. and uh, offer our assistance um, during this transition period because it's important for them to be able to start to integrate into our uh, system, to start to, t- to tell us about the direction they'd like to, to go come January and, and for their four-year term. Um, so it's important that we don't just wait till January and start cold. Uh, we have the process of uh, orientation has evolved over time for me, but the one consistent part of it all is that we give an opportunity for the mayor and the elect, the other elected officials to get into our operations, to get a feel for what our, the business is, uh, the business part of government. And so they'll have an orientation, uh, session with each of the departments. Uh, sometimes they'll get a tour of facilities, um, in Wichita, we actually put together a pretty thick orientation book that describes the operations, some of the key staff members. And then I've asked staff over the last uh, several transitions to also identify emerging issues so that council understands some of the things that will be coming to them or some of the things that we'll be doing, maybe new programs or efforts as well. And I think that's been helpful. That That's, a, as I said, kind of a, n- a new twist to all of this. But we've always given them that basic introduction. Did that evolve over over time since you arrived in 2008, 2009? That, that, did, did council members tell you, yeah, we, we want to be more immersed? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And, it, and what I found also is if you don't do a pretty thorough orientation, um, things that we take for granted as staff, uh, you know, the development of the comprehensive plan or our capital improvement program or anything like that, they're starting from scratch and don't have any background. So we just assume they're going to come in and, you know, and make decisions on how we go forward or implement. And I, I was reminded, you know, so many times over my first four or five years that we need to go back and kind of start from scratch and say, okay, here's, uh, where, here's what the previous council adopted. Um, we know that you may want to revisit that, but here, you know, we're going to be bringing decisions to you based on those initial documents. Mm-hmm. Is it is it awkward at all that that you have in this case coming in to next week? You have three new members of a council, including the mayor, when three are going off, two by term limits, and one who was defeated in an election. Is there right. any awkwardness there, or do you just try to keep them separate? You keep them separate. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, the hardest, I think, the awkward part is that. During that transition, I'm serving seven elected officials and three incoming officials, right? right? And so they've been great. The new elected officials and the mayor, especially the mayor-elect Wu, have been great to say, I'm not, we don't want to confuse things. You know, our office, you know, we don't take office until January, so we're not going to weigh in on the decisions this council is making. So it's not that, like they came in with a measuring tape trying to measure up, you know, art for the offices or anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
you work for the mayor and council, but how do you balance that between making the day-to-day decisions that not only affect your city employees, but, but Wichita's as a whole? Yeah. Um, you've got to understand the general direction of the mayor and council, how they think, how they process information, and how they make decisions. And I, I, you know, I mentioned at the very beginning of this, communication is so important. Too often, city managers get criticized for you know, getting out in front of the council or you know, maybe ignoring the direction of the council, not paying attention. And so that's one of the things that I stress with staff. And I also stress with the elected officials. Let me know if it looks like I'm off base in terms of the direction you want to go or the direction you gave us. And I think that's why meeting with the elected officials on a weekly basis and having check-ins. If I have a question uh, about direction, it's really important that I get to the mayor especially and say, okay, this is what I heard, or here's where we're headed. Is that consistent with what you heard and where you think the council wants to go? Did you have to learn that once you started here in Wichita, or was that already part of your DNA? It was part of my DNA, and you learn from mistakes, right? Yeah. You you get out there, and you think you're doing the right thing, and council says, hey, listen, we never told you to do that. In fact, we want to go in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you like to say you're smart enough, you learn from a couple of mistakes, but it happens, you know, probably even today where, you know, staff and I will start to move in a direction and are politely reminded that's (laughs) not been endorsed by the council. Part of why I wanted to have you on as a guest is this is your third onboarding with a new mayor. But when you came here and started in early 2009, Carl Brewer was was in his first year, just finishing his first year as mayor. So talk about how that relationship developed. And, uh, you know, it went on for another seven years. He, He served two full terms. Right. We could probably do a whole podcast on that, right? I mean, you haven't reminded your listeners that he voted against me um, for coming in. And, I was being kind. And, and, yeah, that's right, and that's great. But he was very candid. He said, I have a general direction I want the city to go in terms of development of downtown. And I, he goes, success for me will be that we start downtown development, we, we have a smart plan, and the number one issue is we're opening, the county's opening an arena, we pledged parking, and he goes, you're gonna have a very short tenure if we don't have enough parking <laughs> for the arena. And he said, the reason I didn't vote for you is I just didn't, you know, I didn't have a year for you to learn the job. And I kept telling him, hey, listen, I don't think it's gonna take me a year, I know where you wanna go, I know the council endorses that. I was so fortunate uh, in that Jeff Floor had just come on as well. He and I knew the importance of uh, moving forward uh, in a quick manner with downtown. And then, you know, a lot of good things fell into place after that. But I knew that we had to come alongside the mayor and, and help him achieve his vision. And that's when we decided to go with the downtown uh, development plan, the master plan. Mm-hmm. We knew that would be the best way to take the concepts he's been talking about and actually put them into a workable document. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece of it is I told the mayor, we're not going to let that sit in the shelf. I know you want to move forward. And so we took a person out of planning, uh, Scott Knabel, um, and for a year, that's all he did was every morning he woke up and how, you know, he thought about how am I going to implement the downtown plan and Mm -hmm. came alongside Jeff and the partnership staff or the downtown development staff. And, that was, but the mayor, actually that was, we developed a really good working relationship because he was so clear in his direction, his vision, and the mission that, you know, the, the organization needed to follow. You've worked with, you know, a, a good number of mayors over the years. How, how 
unusual is that for a mayor to have that kind of vision? Uh, you know, I, I know I want to, what I want to do over four or eight years. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's that unusual. Um, and if you follow the campaign process, you know there's usually a few themes that come out of mm-hmm. every campaign, and and people are identifying what the, what's important to them. And I was really fortunate. I worked for a long-term mayor in my previous community. Um, he had very clear. He could articulate where he wanted the community to go. There was a great working relationship with the council. So my my direction was usually, um, you know. Uh, pretty well defined. Let's flip the onboarding process for a minute. Who who onboarded you when you came here as manager? Who who showed you the ropes? Yeah, um, I think it was I probably it's not just one, any one person. I, it was our, my management team mm-hmm. helped me. Kathy Holdeman was assistant manager right. and been around for a long time in the organization. She helped me in terms of the nuts and bolts piece of it. But I had to rely on the uh, really all the department directors and their their team their teams in order to get a feel for what the the issues were. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, no one's going to prepare you for a real development issue or something like that. I mean, those, and and unfortunately those kinds of things, that especially just hit me in the face almost after, right as soon as I arrived. Mm -hmm. After Carl Brewer serves his two full terms, Jeff Longwell, who was the district five council member, uh, wins election to mayor. Uh, Talk about that transition. Obviously he didn't need as much onboarding, as, as someone brand new to the job. Right. But, but talk about that relationship and how it developed and, and how quickly he jumped into it. Well, you know, it's because he'd been a council member and he was on the council that hired me. I knew Jeff and had mm-hmm. worked with him closely in that capacity. Um, it's, he didn't need any onboarding. It was just a matter of, okay, let's identify some of the issues as we go forward. But it was a, just a different process, very different than I had with Carl. Um, I, in fact, I'm not even sure that we did much of an orientation with him. Mm-hmm. Now, one of Jeff's um, attributes was that he had a really good working knowledge of our business operations. He um, he could tell you exactly what you know public works and parks and, and everyone else does, and and so he was he, he was a quick learner. As the manager, can you tell? Among council members, who are the numbers people and who aren't the numbers people? Who want to, who can dive into a spreadsheet and see why things work and don't work? Brian Fry is one who kind of right. jumps out at me as, at that. Yeah. But are there people that you can tell they don't need you know to dig in as deep? Maybe that's the thirty thousand foot view that they want. Yes, I mean I, I probably shouldn't <laughs> name names, but I mean I think a good example of uh, of someone who. Understood the numbers, but preferred to stay at the high level was uh, Pete Meitzner, right? Mm-hmm. And we, he and I would always joke about if I got anything below 30,000 feet, it was like, oh, don't bother me with that. But, <laughs> you know, here's a business person, been very successful uh, in business. And so when we had to talk about, um, you know, to really drill down, especially when we were in the recession and struggling with budget, um, right. he, Pete was one of those people that could then roll up his sleeves and jump into it. Mm-hmm. It's not what he liked to do, but I, and I respected that. As an elected official, the best thing that, that you can do is set a, set a direction, right? And give us, and, and sharing vision, and I can't say that enough, how important that is, because that allows us all to, to that's a benchmark for all of us. And if you tell me that I want the organization to go in this direction, or I want us to be able to achieve downtown redevelopment, then we know that's the top priority. And when we have uh, a number of issues or balls that we're trying to balance, 
or, or juggle, we know number one would be, in that case, downtown and projects that are associated with mm -hmm. downtown. And then during the recession, that was the same thing. What are we going to do to keep our heads above water? And then council helped me with guiding principles and, and some of the, what I would call the, the, the important policies that were necessary to go forward. Is it a fine line you walk if, if, if a mayor, no matter who it is, says, this is my vision, I want you to execute it, he or she is still only one of seven votes. Right. Uh, how do you play that delicately? Uh, you just have to do what he would like, he or she would like you to do, and then have the council weigh in and, and through voting, I guess. Yeah, um, it, it's. I wish it was that simple, right? If the, there are many times the mayor will say, "I want to go in this direction." Jeff Longwell was that kind of person. He goes, mm -hmm. "I want to get this done." Mm -hmm. Well. I recognize that I had six other bosses, and so my weekly meetings with council members sometimes would be coming back and saying, the mayor wants to go in this direction. Are you comfortable with that? And if not, I'd say, all right, you and Jeff need to, to get together and talk through this because, I, you know, again, I can't, if I'm working for a split council, I don't know where the staff should be going, right? right. Um, the best uh, approach is one that uh, Lily and I have talked about, and that is, the, having a goal setting or a strategic planning session with the mayor and council early on in their term together mm -hmm. and say, we're, you know, again, if we're successful, what is what do the next two years look like? And maybe let's think out four years. But, you know, we only have a life as a, of a body of two years. So what's important? What do we want staff to really focus on? And I'm, I'm looking forward to having to working through that process. That's that's fascinating. I, we'll come back to Willie. Lily, I have a lot of questions about her taking uh, uh, the oath next week. Uh, Brandon Whipple in 2019, I, I contend it was a perfect storm for him to win that election. A lot of different things happened. I'm not going to ask you to comment on them because, you know, you're not the one, you're not the political guy as far as voting. But uh, he came in, he had experience as a state legislator, but no city experience. Um, talk about the onboarding with him and uh, with he seems like a guy who had a vision himself of what he wanted to see with the city, what direction to go. Right. Um, I, he, he was, the or, that onboarding was a little different. We did the orientation uh, process with him, but he also prepared for the job by going through a training program that was conducted by Harvard mm -hmm. uh, for mayors, incoming mayors. And, um, so he developed his thoughts about what a mayor should do through that process. And that's how I think he got his onboarding or orientation. We didn't have an opportunity to talk a lot about issues until shortly he went after he was in office. And then he and I had to work through this issue of the 737 MAX um, uh, problems that were created for Spirit and the suppliers here. And then shortly after that, COVID. Right. So. We, we never, early on, it was hard to get, you know, any kind of momentum or to, to get that, um, uh, that balance um, or strong working relationship because you're just going from crisis to crisis. And mm -hmm. um, he and I were talking on a daily basis about mostly COVID-related issues, you know, throughout 20. No doubt that's the toughest period you've gone through as manager here, COVID. Uh, I don't know that it was the toughest. It was the most challenging. It was also the most rewarding because I was really proud of the way our organization came together 
to deal with the issues on service delivery, but more importantly, to be a resource for the business community and for um, the residents here. But we met on a daily or weekly basis, and at times even every other day, with a working group. And I actually think Wichita was different than so many other communities because we had business folks, we had medical professionals, um, government folks who are all trying to do the same thing. If you remember, we couldn't get masks, couldn't get gloves. You know, Tom Stoltz uh, with the county always says, you know, when you prepare do all this disaster pre preparation, you would identify the problem, you pick up the phone, you call DC or whoever, and there'd be trucks rolling down the highway with <laughs> everything you needed. And there, none of that was going right. on. So, um, but, you know, the, so we're working, um, you know, with everybody. And you get, um, you know, uh, Sherry Utash who says, you know, I think we can do some 3D printing for some of the things that are needed. And it was just the creativity and to be part of that and to help coordinate that was really, I think, like I said, rewarding. I did go through a terrible burnout afterwards. <laughs> How was, long did that last? I, the burnout? Yeah. Uh, I would say probably th three to six months um, where, you know, I still come to work every day and still we're still getting a lot of work done, but it was like I just felt tired all the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, took a little time off and uh, just got rejuvenated and, and uh, love, love where we are now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you're going to tell me if I'm wrong, and I hope you do, uh, but it, it appears to me a longtime city council meeting watcher that there has been more friction on this council the past two years. And I don't know why that is. I'm, I'm guessing it's because uh, Brandon was probably more combative than past mayors. Uh, the kind of the rare 4-3 Democratic majority might have played a part in it. Um, what theories do you have, and is it all going to change starting next week? Well, I'm not going to predict what happens going forward, <laughs> right? And Only uh, fools yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm going to probably leave most of the analysis of what's happened to you. Um, I, it, I, it's, there's two ways to look at it. Yes, you can say there's friction, but you could also say there's a healthy exchange of different philosophies and approaches, mm -hmm. right? And you know, maybe it wasn't always pretty, and maybe people reacted to the fact that, you know, uh, we got this... Um, disagreement, maybe even fight, fighting among the elected officials. You could also argue that that's healthy democracy because you do have two very strong points of view represented on the council. And it wasn't always a 4-3 vote on some of the contentious issues that came up. Um, that We did, um, uh, over the last couple of years, work through probably more, um, what I would say, social service issues. Right. Um, uh, and uh, we probably have a little different role. But look at homelessness. We, we only had a passive role before the pandemic in um, homelessness. We did some work through our housing department. Now, you know, we're a major player in that regard. And uh, that, that will be something that I frankly think will be one of our greatest accomplishments in the next year or two, uh, based on what this council did together with very different, differing political um, affiliations or philosophies, but they came together over an issue like that and said, yep, we, we owe it to the community and to the people that are affected by homelessness to do better. And mm -hmm. um, so it was, you know, I, it's, I understand that some people would say it's dysfunctional, and I actually think it's the opposite. I think it was very functional. Mm -hmm. that, that strikes another question for me. When you have Mayor X who has this vision and you are executing that vision and it's going well, 
And then Mayor Y comes in and wants to do something else. Right. How easy or difficult is that for a city manager's office to stop on a dime and take a 90 degree turn? Um, actually, I don't think it's that hard because that's the form of government. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, I, one of my favorite sayings is nobody elected me to any office, right? right. So we have to recognize that the people that are, are sitting in those chairs are representing the, their constituents and therefore are trying to set the city in a, a certain direction. And it's, uh, it's, I won't say it's, I don't think it's that difficult because again, you, early on you talk about what's the direction, where do we want to go, what is it you want to achieve, what do you want to revisit from you know, what we've been doing. Economic development is a great example of that, right? Mm -hmm. Talked a lot about during the campaign. I've talked to Mayor-elect Wu about what do we want to do in terms of reviewing economic development. And she and I have agreed that in January, we're going to start with a review of our existing policy and allow this body, these seven elected officials, to determine what is our economic development policy? What should it look like going forward? Mm -hmm. What do we retain? What do we change? You mentioned that. You mentioned uh, strategic planning with Mayor-elect Wu. Uh, how, what else has been interesting to you about uh, her learning the ropes in, in, in preparation for her first meeting next week? Well, um, she, she spent a lot of time learning what we do during the campaign and before the campaign process. So mm -hmm. she, it's not as if she's coming in without a knowledge of, of um, the important issues and even how we're structured to a degree. She's getting a lot more information through the orientation because we just, you know, we, we, it's kind of like drink through a fire hose. But um, I think she had a pretty clear um, uh, idea about her priorities, you know, bef before I ever sat down with her. And, mm -hmm. and, and you're aware of those, right? Right. Economic development, public safety. We've had, we had discussions. Um, after she was elected, we talked about where we were with the police contract and, and some things like that. Again, not she didn't want to give direction, but she wanted to, to understand the context and where we were going. Mm -hmm. You're not going to speak for her, but, but do you think she hits the ground running, or does she you know, kind of start and, and see how things are going and then kind of deliver on her vision? Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be both. Mm -hmm. I think she'll hit the ground running on some of the uh, root—I won't say routine, but the regular business ideas. Um, the continuation of what we're doing in homelessness, um, this the multi-agency center, and the big the big plan for dealing with homelessness, um, and then we'll be entering into negotiations with our labor unions, you know, soon. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm sure she'll take an active role in that as mm -hmm. well. Six months ago, and you and I have joked about this, when I interviewed each of the primary candidates for mayor, I got a wide range of opinions about your effectiveness as city manager. A, a couple were ready to deliver moving boxes to your office. A couple were staunch defenders of you. Uh, and then there were a few in the middle. And I think Lily was very complimentary of the working relationship you had as a manager and a TV reporter when she, when she was doing that. But she declined to give an obvious thumbs up or thumbs down on, on, your, on your role. Um, I guess my question is, when you welcome a new mayor in like that and they are, they are learning the ropes, are you in the back of your mind thinking, what do they think about me since I'm, I'm taking their orders? Right. Um, no, I don't really think about that. Uh, and by the way, I didn't appreciate you asking that question <laughs> over and over again. But um, I... Um, 
I just think about how can I best serve them, right? And every because every person, every mayor, every other, every elected official is different. The way that I will um, uh, come alongside Dalton Glasscock may be very different than the way I come alongside Becky Tuttle or Lily Wu or anyone else that's on the council. They all have, you know, their own needs. For instance, how do you communicate? Um, you know, I sense that. Uh, Mayor Wu was, is going to be pretty active in the community. So that means we're going to have to have some structured time where we're going to sit down. I, you know, do you respond to text messages or would you rather get a call or, you know, and I'm, what I'm finding is everybody's so busy, nobody really cares about emails anymore. If you got something important, you got to get to them, you know, in, mm -hmm. in, in a way that they want. And, that, and, you know, that's just a routine piece of it. But I, I just try to figure out how can I make them successful? How, how do we move forward? And then how, more importantly, how do I get the organization to come along? come alongside them as well. Right. You mentioned Dalton Glasscock. He and J.V. Johnston are the two other new council members in Districts 4 and 5. Uh, we wrote about this right before Christmas, about how a new-look city council might act or what they might work on. Um, do you have any predictions for uh, how things will go? Will there be less friction? Uh, how do you see, and how do you see Lily running meetings in, in terms of not only at the bench, but in the background being a leader? Um, great question. I, and I'm not quite sure. I think that's going to evolve. I mean, I know that she has worked uh, really closely with the, uh, two new incoming, uh, council members, uh, Johnston and Glasscock. Uh, and they've been together through the orientation process. They decided to do it together as a group. Um, so I know that they'll work together closely, but she's also reached out to the existing council members. And um, I, I, I think she's, I don't know that she expects or even wants 7-0 votes all the time, right? But I think she wants to make sure everybody has a voice and that, uh, yeah, and that residents, that we have a better way of connecting with residents. Mm -hmm. and, one thing that Dalton Glasscock said in the story about the city council was that he's never seen a, a candidate and now a mayor like Lily, who uh, was, I don't know if beloved is the right word, but appreciated by so many different parts of the community. Uh, do you think that, do you think she has a, obviously she won with 58% of the vote, but do you think she has a consensus and is admired by that much of the community? And does that help you as a new incoming mayor? Well, I, there does seem to be a sense of optimism about our direction. And I think that uh, she's part of the face of that. Um, but I just hear great um, expectations for the entire council about how they're going to move together as a group. Um, and I, I don't know that that is, you know, a ref I, hopefully it's not a reflection on how people perceive the previous group because, you know, the sense of a, uh, the, the list of accomplishments of the council over the last two years is pretty significant. It was, uh, and it's just like I said before, it, maybe they got to yes in a different way than, you know, some people would expect them to do it. But they, you know, there's some things that five, 10 years from now, we're going to reflect on what the, on the last two years and say, man, that council and the mayor really got, you know, some pretty significant things done. Mm -hmm. um, no matter the mayor's vision or a council's vision, what are the things that this council is going to have to look at immediately? And, you know, not after a very short honeymoon. Um, you know, the answer to that yeah. from the city manager's perspective, it's the budget. Yeah. Um, and um, we're going to, 
we're going to workshop every, every month. We have a workshop with the council. The you know the first three months are going to be involved with budget one to one degree or another, mm -hmm. and um, it's not about trying to get through twenty four. We're going to be fine there. Twenty five, we're going to be okay. But it's after that, and we're really concerned about how do you focus on excellence and service delivery in a time when your resources are going to start to dwindle. And the one thing I can almost guarantee is this council's not going to support a property tax increase in order for us to balance the budget. So one of the things that this past council did was they allowed, they adopted a new policy on uh, reserves and how we build reserves and how we use the reserves. And that hopefully will take some of the roller coaster effect away from what we do. But the, we're, the council's going to have to make hard decisions. And so this year, they're going to, if, if we're smart, we'll, we'll start to position ourselves for that 2026 20, mm -hmm. problem by making some changes to, you know, in 24 and in 25. And I, it'll be interesting to work through that strategically. But that's, that's going to be one of those issues that they have to jump into. And we'll be, uh, we'll be following it with the Business Journal. Bob, thanks so much for the conversation. Sure, I really you. appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was fun to visit. Thank you. That's it for Biz Talk this week, episode 345. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.